You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. So, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, during the season of Easter, for seven weeks, we were celebrating the new life that the Lord Jesus has given to us by his death and resurrection. On the Feast of Pentecost, we are given the power to live this new life. During the season of Easter, the new life is found in Jesus Christ. But at Pentecost, this new life is ours. That is what we read in today's second reading. The Spirit himself and our spirit bear witness that we are children of God. And if we are children, we are heirs as well, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, sharing his sufferings so as to share his glory. My dear brothers and sisters, we can, this, we can live this new life only when His Spirit is in us. And that is the reason why today, when we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, the greatest promise that God has given to us, amazing promise, is that He wants to lift in us. In the gospel, Jesus said, My Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make our home with him. When God promised King David, God promised him a dynasty, that one of his offspring would be so close to him that he would be like a son to the father. And of course, Jesus, we know, by his incarnation, when he was conceived in the womb of our blessed Virgin Mary, he became the Emmanuel. In Jesus, we see God through the present. And that's the whole message of St. John's Gospel, to see me is to see the Father. That is why Jesus is the way to the Father, the truth and the life. But Jesus is not contented just to let us see the Father in Him. The whole reason of revealing Himself to us, the face of the Father, is so that the Father, the Son and the Spirit might live in us. That's why next week, following Pentecost, it's the Feast of the Holy Trinity. The indwelling of the Holy Trinity in each of us is a very important dimension of how God lives in the lives of every person. The question is, for us who are baptized and those who are not baptized, how conscious are we of our sonship 
St. Paul says, everyone moved by the Spirit is a son of God. The consciousness of our sonship for many is diluted. It's superficial. Even though many can be baptized, yet their consciousness of their sonship is very shallow. That is why even after baptism, we don't see a radical change in the life of the person. We don't see a transformation. We don't see that new life that is supposed to be manifested. And even for those of us who are the renewer, yes, you claim that you have been touched by the Lord. But what happened to you today? There are thousands who have come for the renewer. Hundreds have come for the conversion experience retreat. But I don't know whether they are still all around. Many of them have dropped out. In spite of the fact that they had encountered the Lord. And this is true for all of us who are in the renewal movement. I'm sure over the years, thousands have entered, gone through the Life of the Spirit seminar. But many have gone back to the old way of life. That is why it's a very important reminder for us. If we want the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son, to make His home in us, what is necessary? In the Gospel, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my word. And I shall ask the Father, He will give you another advocate to be with you forever. You notice that in the Life and the Spirit Seminar, in fact, all conversion experiences, the fundamental proclamation before we can even speak about the Holy Spirit is always the conversion of a person's life to turn away from sin. Without conversion, a person cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Without conversion, a person will lose touch with the Holy Spirit. This conversion of heart is critical. If you've gone through the Life and the Spirit seminar, one of the most important items is always the sacrament of reconciliation. Before we can even speak about praying over a person for the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is why St. Paul in today's second reading makes it clear. People who are interested only in unspiritual things can never be pleasing to him. Though your body may be dead, it is because of sin. And so it is important for us today to ask ourselves, if you have lost touch with the Spirit, perhaps you did experience the power of God then, when you did your Life in the Spirit seminar. Let me ask you, what is your relationship with God today? Is your love more mature, deeper, or have your heart turned lukewarm and cold? If you find that you have lost touch with the presence of God in your heart, sin is in you. It's as simple as that. A person who lives unspiritual life will not be able to receive the gift of understanding 
the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. They cannot see the deeper realities of life. They look at life the way the world looks at life. They don't seek for the greater things of God because sin is the basic obstacle. That is why today, in the first reading, which we read from the Acts of the Apostles, immediately after today's text, St. Peter preached the first homily. He says, therefore, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And that day, 3,000 were added to the Christian community. Repent and be baptized. Without repentance, there can be no forgiveness of sins. There can be no openness to the Holy Spirit. That is why for those of you who are conducting Life Nest Spirit Seminar, actually, what is your key? The real key before we can even talk about praying over anyone. Are the participants touched in their heart? If they are not conscious of their sinfulness, if they are not conscious of the need to repent, there will be no great miracle. The greater the repentance, the greater the contrition, the greater the encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because God and holiness, they are not compatible with sin. If you want to come to Jesus, if you want the Holy Spirit to live in you, you need to give up your sins. It's as simple as that. It is for this reason that when we are being renewed in the power of the Spirit, it is of great importance that the first step to conversion is obedience. Obedience. How do you know you are converted? How do you know you have repented from your sins? How do you know? When you are obedient. Obedient to the word of God. As Jesus says, if you love me, keep my word. Obedience actually is the mark of sonship. When we say Jesus is the son of God, what do you mean by son? Because he is obedient to the father. A son who is disobedient will be disowned. A true son, a true daughter is obedient. Not because he is frightened of his father, but because he shares the same mind, the same heart, the same love of his father. He's obedient because he is one with his father. It's not a reluctant obedience. It's obedience out of mutual love. And this is not possible, my dear brothers and sisters. This obedience cannot happen unless you have listened to the word of God. It's another clear sign. How do you know you have received the Holy Spirit? How do you know the Holy Spirit is still with you? When you read the scriptures, do you love the scriptures? Do you pray the scriptures? Do you contemplate on the scriptures? When you read the scriptures, do you feel that Jesus is speaking to you? If you're just reading words, 
doing a Bible course, and then the intellectual, discursive study of the text. It is not sufficient. So let me ask you, when you read the Word of God, do you read it slowly? Let the Word of God address you. If you have lost that touch, that means something is blocking you from encountering this new life. My dear brothers and sisters, this is why the Lord is asking us. And St. Paul is saying, we need, therefore, to put sin to death in our life. It's the first step. The second step, once that is done, that's why I say, please, you know, it's just like when you want to get an egg to hatch. You cannot force the egg to hatch before it is the right time. Otherwise, the chick that comes out will be without head, without wings. You have to make sure that it's right. That's why sometimes, you know, people in the renewer, they are so, what we call, focused on giving the gifts, having the signs. But the work is not done. And I tell you, you know the work is not done when those people who appear to have encountered the Lord, oh, they have visions, you know, they have signs, last for one week. That is basically an emotional experience. It is not the real encounter with God. An encounter with the Spirit is long-lasting. It's not a matter of one week, one month. It lasts. And that is the reason why today if we want to have a tangible experience of God, it is still necessary. Even when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened and the dove came upon him. This is my son, my beloved. Even Jesus needs that kind of affirmation. The gospel was proclaimed through signs and wonders. In today's first reading, it is very clear that the people, they were bewildered when they saw and heard these men speaking their own language. They were amazed and astonished. And that is the reason why the gifts of the Spirit remains important for own transformation for the mission of the church. But let me remind you, gifts are for service. Don't ever have this idea of asking for the gifts of God to enrich ourselves, to glorify ourselves, to make us feel great about ourselves. In fact, the more gifts you have, the more humble you should be. Again, the sign of the Holy Spirit. If the gifts makes you proud, then you would have surrendered yourselves to the evil one. Evil one can also make use of good things for bad purposes. And so it's very important. The signs are important. That's why if you want to ask yourselves, have you allowed yourselves to be the home of the Spirit? Where are the gifts of the Spirit? Of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, peace, love, joy, 
Where are those gifts? How do you measure yourself that you have grown in a renewal movement? Actually, it's the depth of your faith. If you are just depending on science alone, it is not enough. Of course, the science are important. Tangible science. Sometimes, as Vatican II tells us, spectacular science. But in most cases, ordinary science. Charity of love, of forgiveness, of acceptance of others, being compassionate. That is why we expect people in the renewer to be people who are forgiving, people who are humble, people who don't fight for power, people who don't fight for position, people who are just interested to see the gospel being proclaimed. Who proclaims the gospel is <laughs> not important, but the gospel is proclaimed. That's all we want. It might not be me. It doesn't matter. But if God wants to use you, allow yourself to be used. So, it is important, therefore, that the gifts of the Spirit that you receive at the end of the day is for the mission. That's why in the response to the psalm, we say, send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and redeem the face of the earth. What is this mission? There is only one mission we have. It's a mission to communion. Mission to union. The church is a sacrament of love and unity of the human race. And so in the first reading, what you, you read is that it was a miniature church being born where people come from all nations, all languages, and they came together. That is what the Catholic Church is all about. That's why we call ourselves Catholics. Universality. Universality is a very important mark of the true church. Where the gospel transcends races, languages, culture. I always like to underscore. Let me ask you a question. Because it seems that way. When people ask you, who are you? You say, I'm a Chinese, I'm a Filipino. I'm Eurasian. If you keep speaking like that, we will always remain divided. When people ask you, who are you? I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic Chinese, yes. A Catholic Tamil. But that is secondary. We are Catholics first. It is our faith that unites us but expressed differently in different cultures. The cultures are beautiful, but the cultures cannot be underscored over our common union in Christ. So if people ask you, oh, no, I'm an Indian, I'm a Catholic. Yes, but I'm a Catholic Indian. I'm a Catholic Malayalam, Malayali, Catholic. That is how we are united. And this is where it's very important. Different tongues, different languages, that is what the gospel, the Acts of the Apostles is telling us. And that is your mission. But I want to remind you, my dear brothers and sisters, as we move forward, the mission to unite the world. That is our common goal. To unite the world means the world cannot be united unless man is 
reconciled with God. The reason why the world is so fragmented is because everybody is living for himself. Everybody is living in fear. Everybody is saying, Oh, we are Americans. Oh, we are Ukrainians. Oh, we are Russians. It is, we are not the same. Oh, there are some classes of people more important than other classes. Of course, the world can never be united in that way. Unless we all recognize that we are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. And that's why if man is not reconciled with God in Christ, he will forget that he is truly a son and daughter like everybody else. No one is less important than us. No races. No one. In the eyes of God, we are all equal. Whether you're a bishop, we are a layperson, whether you're a baby, in the eyes of God, we are all equal. Let us remember this. The only difference between us, we have different gifts. We have different roles. But we don't hold on to our roles forever. After some time, when you're 80 already, you've got to let go. Hello. <laughs> you cannot cling on to your office. Surrender. Say, okay, young man, take over. But some people, without an office, huh, they feel, oh, they feel unimportant. They want to hold on to office forever. We want to get, for me, at the end of the day, it's always about the growth of the gospel. If someone is better than you, step aside. Because don't be a hindrance to the proclamation of the gospel. That is why, once again, let me conclude by saying this. We need to keep ourselves spiritually alive. Don't allow sin. Don't allow complacency to bring us back to where we were before. I'm always very sad when I hear people in a renewal, people who have encountered the Lord because they, don't, they didn't take care of their spiritual life. They don't read the word of God. They don't belong to a community. They will not last. They will not last. That's why the charismatic renewer, praise God. I hope you all have a community to share the word, to pray with each other, and for each other. And together, my dear brothers and sisters, we will be the light of the world. And I'm sure, my dear brothers and sisters, this is what... We are called to do. And I let tell you one last word. If you don't evangelize, if you don't partake in the mission of the church, you will lose whatever you have. Remember the man with the talents. Why do you evangelize? Not because people need you. You need them. You can be evangelized only when you are evangelizing. The only way to keep your faith it is to evangelize. The reason why our Catholics have lost their faith, they become so, you can say, complacent because nothing to do. Every day we wake up, I pray, 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 I go back and sleep. <laughs> there is no motivation. There is no calling. There is no zeal. There is no purpose. We don't become holy for ourselves. We become holy to change the world, to sanctify the world. 
It's not for our sake. It's not, I want to go to heaven. You will never get there. The only way to sanctify yourself is to sanctify others. That is why I keep my faith. Because every day, I'm preaching. <laughs> if I don't proclaim the word, I will lose whatever we have. So go. Go and evangelize. And I can tell you, your faith will remain strong. And you can see the power of God at work in your lives. And you'll be inspired again. And then again, you'll be reminded as today's first reading, you'll be astonished how God is using you, me, sinners, ordinary people for the transformation of life. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.